Hey everyone, before we begin today's podcast, I have a very important message to send out into the universe. And if you know somebody who's pregnant, maybe you can let them know about it too. Every mom-to-be is a superhero in the making. You have the inner power and potential to labor, birth, and recover like a superpower. With the right guidance and knowledge, you can unleash this power and face any challenge presented to you. It is my mission to help and guide moms-to-be to realize the superpower and have a better birth experience than they imagined. Want to learn five tips to a better birth experience? Get my five tips for free at courses.ecophysio.com forward slash better birth. All right, let's begin the podcast. Welcome to Living a Better Life podcast with your host, Madeline Golick. This is a weekly podcast exploring a variety of topics on how you can live a better life, not just physically, but in all aspects of what it means to be human living in a modern world. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not replace professional or medical advice. This podcast is sponsored by Ecophysiotherapy, where their mission is to educate, empower, and rehabilitate you back to health. Without further ado, please enjoy the show. Welcome back to our wonderful listeners. So today on the episode, we're going to be talking about raising resilient children. My guest today is Jess Sherman. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much. I'm excited to chat with you. I'm I'm excited to learn. I got a child and I want her to be resilient too. So, um, you know, I'm sure there are many parents who are like, yeah, I want to know. Maybe we'll start off with building some context. Uh, You know, tell us a little bit about you and like what got you working with family and kids. Yeah, uh, that's what we all want, right? Healthy, resilient kids, <laughs> which is b- becoming harder and harder to do. Um, so I started off um, in education. I started off as a teacher. I taught a whole bunch of different things um, in the classroom, but also outdoors and on the trails and rivers. And um, I got to a point where I was burnt out. Um, but also that I was just getting really curious about what was actually going on with kids because they were really struggling, really struggling and on so many medications and, you know, these issues just seemed like anxiety was high, depression was high, you know, ADHD and, and mood disorders and stuff. And I just got, I started getting really curious about that and felt like there was something we were missing, um, And so I left school for a little bit. I I decided to take a sabbatical and study nutrition. And um, it's interesting to me now that when I left school, I didn't, I didn't leave and go study special education, (laughs) which it didn't even occur to me really to to study special education. It, I, I was more curious in the body, like what was going on in kids' bodies that was making it harder for them to cope. Um, so I went back to, to study nutrition and, uh, that's where I sort of discovered this whole new toolbox of tools that we can, we can use to help kids develop what I now call resilience. I didn't call it that at a time, but at the time I was just kind of, I wanted them to get healthier and more stable, you know, now I think of it as, as resilience and resilient health. Um, um, 
you know, it's so interesting that, you know, you never really know where life is going to take you. You sort of have this question and who would have thought this burning question would have turned into like this thing. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and it, it turned into this thing because I couldn't unlearn what I had learned. Right. It's like as an educator, I was learning all kinds of amazing strategies to help kids, you know, gain skills and connect with themselves and, and like be successful. And, you know, it was really kind of cutting edge education that I was, I was learning about, but even still, I was like, something, something else is going on here. And what I've managed, I couldn't unlearn what I started to learn about food and about chemicals and about, you know, our environment, just all of the things I was like, these two, these two things need to come together right? If we really want to help kids thrive, we need to give them all of these skills and do this education piece, but also help them have healthier bodies. Mm. Yeah. More so than ever. Right. Um, so let's, let's talk about resilience. Can you just start with like, how do you define resilience? What is resilience? Um, yeah, let's start there. Yeah, it's an interesting word. <laughs> um, it uh, it kind of comes in and out of you know the media and stuff. Um, I define resilience as basically our capacity to not only tolerate stress but grow from stress. Mm. So you know, stress is a means for growth, right? We it's it's something we all go through. It's an inevitable part of life, and we want stress to be constructive. We don't want it to cripple us into crippling anxiety or, you know, banging your head against the wall because you can't have like literally <laughs> like some, like some kids do or throwing things or, you know, we, we want, so, so my definition of, of resilience is the capacity to grow from stress rather than to have it cripple you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's totally a, ner- you know, a nervous system that's overwhelmed, right? When yes. we get overwhelmed, when our system becomes overwhelmed, we're going to start to see certain, you know, certain types of behaviors. And you're right. Stress is a normal part. What I think we don't do really well with is like, how do we close the loop and bring ourselves back into homeo, like back into balance? Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. Stress and it's nervous. It's you nail, nail on head, nervous system. Yeah. And I think that's what some parents get really frustrated with is like, if you have an anxious child and you know, you're giving them all of the supports you possibly can, you're, you're, you're connecting with them, you're sending them to therapy, you're giving them coping mechanisms and strategies and doing all these things. And they just can't, they hit a ceiling. Um, Those things are amazing. They're amazing. But if their nervous system is still in fight or flight and still primed, it's, it's only going to get them so far. And once we get the nervous system online, not online, but you know what I mean? (laughs) Working as a partner, (laughs) you know, um, then those strategies become so much more effective because your child is more receptive to using them. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm spending a lot of time on polyvagal theory and Peter Levine's work on, on trauma and just trying to understand how stress actually is a physiological process, not necessarily a psychological um, process. Well, it can be both, right? It can can be both for sure, for sure. But sometimes our nervous system does things, right? Our physiology does things that we then feel shame and guilt over. 
Yeah. Which then kind of can bring in um, that psychological, like it's a two way street. For sure. And, you know, I've had, I've had a couple, one of the things we do in my, in my program with families is we have experts come in and do masterclasses on different aspects because my focus is nutrition, but there's so many of these layers. Right. And I had someone come in and talk about somatic experiencing, which is Dr. Dr. Levine's thing. Uh, And it was like, it was like mind blowing for the parents to be like, Whoa, like nervous system. Yeah. it was really transformative and trauma, the impact of trauma, what, the, what trauma does on the nervous system to the nervous system. Well, that it's not irreversible. Like it's, it's not set in stone. It's very flexible. Absolutely. And I think even the word trauma itself gets a bad, you know, ring to it. I think it's like when we are overwhelmed by a stressful situation, it can turn the physiology on that leads to trauma, Right. It's, it's having the, that resilience and the capacity and the, the skills and the techniques to bring ourselves back into a homeostasis from a stressful event. It is it's super fascinating. Yeah. Uh, and, and speaking of stressors, you know, like, what are you, like, what are some of the typical stressors for kids? Cause I think most people think of like trauma and stressors being like abuse and like, like the big T's, right. Um, but there's a ton of little T's little traumas, little overwhelming experiences that can accumulate, right? Yeah. Well, what I focus on, I mean, I would, I would use the word stress, like stress is anything that changes function. That's how I think of stress, right? A stress is anything that like causes function to act a little bit differently. And a resilient person can then have that little response and then come back to baseline be like, Oh, okay. It's all good. And a, and a less resilient person that stress and that function change gets heightened and heightened and heightened and sometimes becomes pathological, right? It becomes mm-hmm. a, a condition. Um, so, so if we come back to stress, what, you know, your question was, what are some of the stressors that kids are under? I look at a lot of, I look at this biological group of stressors, this group of biological stressors, the things that are going on inside their body that are causing a little bit of stress. Mm. And, and sometimes it causes a lot of stress, but sometimes it's just, you know, little stressors that are just eroding their, their reserve. Right. So Mm. I, I mean, things like food sensitivities or things like, um, parasites or things like, um, infections in the gut, for example, um, so blood sugar instability is very stressful on the body. Um, and, and it leads to a little shift in function. So like blood sugar instability, for example, that sounds like really vague, but, um, what it can look like a child who can't manage their blood sugar very well, maybe it's because they're eating a lot of sugar, or maybe it's because they have a predisposition to having a, you know, a a more sensitive, uh, sugar response could be for a whole lot of reasons. Maybe it's because they're not sleeping. That's going to impact our sugar. Uh, blood sugar regulation. So what is that going to look like? Well, it's going to change function in that that child is probably going to crave carbohydrates, probably going to be pickier about their food, probably going to be a terrible sleeper, probably going to have, you know, meltdowns mid afternoon when they get hungry and can't necessarily articulate that they're hungry. Um, they're going to have, you know, more of a trigger response. Cause we've all kind of felt that when you're hungry and you're not taking care of your body, it's like, you're a little bit more edgy, you snap at the kids a little bit more. Right. You're just like, Oh God, I need to go eat something or whatever. Right. We've all felt what that felt. It feels yeah. like, 
Um, so that's an example, right. Of a, of a stressor, something that's going on inside their body. That's just eroding their capacity to tolerate stress. And those things build up and build up and build up. And all of a sudden you have, you know, generalized anxiety disorder or, you know, OCD or, you know, oppositional defiance disorder or something, some kind of condition, because the, I think of it as like, it's their glass is full, <laughs> like these little stressors are just mounting and mounting and mounting. And then you add a social stressor of like, you know, a teacher said the wrong thing, or you put the wrong shirt out for them to wear, which shouldn't seem like a stressor, but to them, it's a stressor. And you get, you get a big explosion. So I've had, I've had, my child has done moments of that where it's like, she's dropped a toy. And then, you know, I'm like, well, just, she starts to cry. And it's like, well, just, just pick it up. And it's like, I can't, my legs are broken. And though you never, you know, like this, this like really big, 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 big spectacle. Right. And Mm -hmm. and some of it is just like not knowing what to do with the energy of that. Right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes kids will grow out of that sort of thing. They just sort of need to be expressive and it's not a big deal. Um, But sometimes it persists and it's like, over and over. It's like, oh my goodness. Um, that's when I think parents should kind of look a little deeper and be like, what is making it hard for this little person to cope? Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I can imagine it would be not only obviously challenging to the person experiencing it themselves, but like the parent just wondering like, what is happening? You know, like, how do I, you, you know, I guess maybe the better question is like, you know, why do why do parents struggle so much to help their kids? Is it that they don't know what question? Is it like not having the right, asking the right questions? Or that we're just not really being taught to really think about it? Yeah, it's a combination of things, I think. I mean, life is getting very, very busy is one thing. We're all under a great deal of stress and uncertainty ourselves, right? Yeah. Um, So I think it's a combination of, you know, we're, we're a lot of us as parents don't know really how to manage stress because we weren't necessarily taught how to, how to understand our own stress response and our own bodies. And that does translate to our kids. Um, but also I do think like the phys- physiology of our children is changing. Like their gut bacteria is changing. They seem to be more prone to infection than in the past. Um, at least, you know, in the circles I travel in, this is what what is generally being important. We're, we're seeing a reported, sorry, we see a lot more clostridia and a lot more, um, Lyme and co-infections. Like that's become a really big thing where it wasn't before, um, food sensitivities and just digestive capacity is, is eroding a little bit. The quality of our food is not as good as it once was. So we've got a lot of nutrient deficiencies, um, particularly micronutrient deficiencies, like those vitamins and minerals and plant chemicals that come from fresh, crisp, you know, local food. So I, it's a combination of things. I think we're in a little bit of a perfect storm with, mm. with kids that they're, they're under a lot of stress. We're under a lot of stress, but also they're the, the, um, the factors that feed our stress tolerance, which really is nutrition and sleep and hydration and all that stuff is becoming harder to, to access and get into them. I totally like one of, you know, one of the things that I'm trying to work on is getting in more water, but now between the mask and the face shield, and I'm moving from, you know, 
see patient disinfect, see next patient disinfect. You know, it's like I'm for 10 hours, like I don't even have time to like take a sip where I normally would have my water bottle in the room. Well, now I can't because I can't remove my mask and I can't remove my face shield. And I'm finding it more and more difficult to like remember to drink the water because it's not glaring me in the face. Yeah. And even if yeah. it is, I can't drink it. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. have those like mini opportunities. So you're right. Like our setup is definitely more difficult this past year than ever. Right. Yeah. But I also think like over the last, like, you know, maybe 20 years or so it, we've got, we, I, I was saying the other day, I was like, we have entered a new era of parenting. Like it's just, we have entered it. Here we are like, not because of, of pandemics, but because we need to think, we need to put some conscious effort into thinking how we want to construct our lives and to how we're going to build health in our families. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, like I think I I hesitate. I always hesitate when I find myself saying, Oh, it used to be so much easier because I don't know. I can't really, (laughs) I can't really say that, but you know, the family dynamics have shifted work expectations have shifted. School expectations have shifted. Technology, um, technology has shifted. Like so many shifts have happened just in the last fifty years, um, and that and, and food has changed, and how families eat together have changed, and all of this stuff, right? So we need to really consciously think. And and I, I figured this out a couple of years ago. I was like, gosh, I never sat down with my parenting partner, right? The person I'm raising children with and really talked about what we want life to look like. And, and as I, and then I was like, I wonder if anybody does that, (laughs) you know, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, do I do that? I know. I know. I mean, we have moments, but like, it's not a, we hardly ever see each other. I mean, we're like ships. I'm raising three kids. We're working. We've got businesses, all this stuff, right? It's we're ships passing in the night. So, so it's, it's now like the very first thing that I, that I do with families, like sit down with whoever is involved in parenting your child with you and, and have a conversation about what your vision is. What is it that you want things to feel like and look like? What do you want your relationship to feel like? What, how do you want the conversations around food to happen? Um, what language do you want to use? What language do you not want to have in the house? Uh, you know, like all of these things, uh, it's really, really powerful to do. It's really important to think about and to share. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. I, I'm sitting here going, yeah. That's probably something I could, you know, we could all use a little bit of of that. Just that simple action just makes everybody move in the same direction versus like scattered. Right. Yeah. I wanted to ask, you know, because I'm sure parents are wondering myself wondering, like, how do we, how do we tell the difference between like my kids having a bad day or maybe like two, three days, like they're just, you know, they're having just a stressful like moment versus like actually struggling, like where we really need to think more deeply and broadly about like what's going on here. 
Like, how do yeah, we, how cool. do we know where that line, you know what I mean? Like, how do you know we're moving from like, okay, one bad day this week, one bad day, two weeks from now. And like, how do we know when that's beginning? What are the alarms or the flags or. Yeah, that's a really important question. Cause sometimes we, we look for problems when there aren't really problems <laughs> and I always want to simplify things as much as we can. Right. Yes. Um, so here's the thing. I, I would say there's no right, there's no, there's no line. It, it's really yeah. like, you know, if things are concerning to you, you should look into them, right? Yeah. Just use your mommy sense, use your gut sense or your papa sense, right? Something is off, right? Um, so that, that's something. Um, I would also say I, I've worked with quite a few families now who are noticed themselves in their kids. So they're like, oh my gosh, I was like that as a six-year-old, holy cow. And I would say now, like, let's say the parents are in their thirties, forties, fifties, we know so much more than when you were a kid about gut health and nutrigenomics and, and, you know, genetics and and just different ways we can help them that weren't available for you as a kid. And so uh, if you see yourself in your kid and you're like, I was anxious like that, I was whatever. And it's, and it's escalated to now you're a, you're a parent and you've, you know, maybe you're on medication or whatever. And if, if you want to take a different route for your kid, there are many more options available. So that's, that's something. But generally speaking, I, I basically teach the same stuff to parents who, you know, don't have issues, but want to maintain health versus parents who, you know, have a diagnosis of oppositional defiance disorder. It's the same core pillars. Yeah. We support the body's function and we see where we get, right? So I think, I think of it this way. I think of, I think of stress as water filling a glass, right down at the bottom. You're like, you got some stressors, but you're kind of handling them. Okay. Mid mid tier or towards the, towards the top of the glass. You're like, Oh, wow. There's another, another meltdown, but okay. We're okay. We're okay. It's gonna, it's just a phase. We're fine. And Oh, look, another meltdown. So they're kind of living at the brim. Sometimes they overflow, but they're able to come back to balance. And then you've got the kids who are overflowing all the time and they have the diagnoses, right? Right. It's just not going away. Right. Yeah. But regardless of where you are in that glass, whether you're just at the bottom and you're trying to maintain health or you're living at the brim and you want to kind of empty the glass a little, or you're overflowing and you want to get like back in the glass, right? Yeah. The core principles remain the same. You just have less wiggle room when you're at the brim and overflowing. You just got to be like more on it. Right. Same concepts. That's a good way. I I like that. I like that analogy because, you know, when we're talking about raising resilient children, right, there's just such a, there's going to be that big spectrum from one end being like totally just proactive to like, I really need to be proactive because, and everything sort of in between, but it's good to know that like there are staple pillars that are going to help that are similar across the board. Yep. hundred percent. With of course some tweaks here and there, I mean, cause everybody's yep. individual, but that there are some foundational pillars that need to be looked at, um, you know, regardless of where the water is in that, in that. Yep. Cup. Yep. Yeah. And I like, I've spent like 
literally like I've spent like 10, 12 years trying to figure out what those pillars are <laughs> right? to be like, Hey, where can we focus busy parents? Because we're busy and we're overwhelmed ourselves. And, you know, we've got multiple children and we've got jobs and we've got all kinds of things going on. So we need simplicity and we need focus. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about, you know, like fall, you know, cause parent pa- parenting can be parenting can be hard and beautiful and ecstatic and enthusiastic and frustrating, like the whole spectrum of uh, emotions, you know, sometimes in the same minute. Exactly. Right. (laughs) Um, You know, how do we, how do we as parents, you know, fall back in love with parenting again? Cause I think, you know, because we're so busy that sometimes it's just like, it's overwhelming for us. Yeah. Well, you know, so how do we, how do we, how does the child, get the resilience and the parents get the resilience to, you know, meet in the middle and, you know, get, you know, get excited about life. Yeah. Yeah. Good question. I I think first you have to decide that that's really important to you, right? That it's, it's, it's going to require, because it's going to require energy and it's going to require that you do something a little bit different tomorrow than you did today. Right. So, um, that's the first thing, make a decision that something needs to change. You don't need to know what yet, but <laughs> something needs to change, right? Um, and sit down and do that vision, right? What, yeah. what is it that you actually want? And, and here's, here's a really important thing. And when you, when you sit down to do that, don't worry about how you're going to get there because you have no idea. Otherwise you'd be there, right? Right, exactly. It's about what do you actually want and articulate it right? What do you want? And, and detach from the, how am I going to get there? And when that little voice comes in, because it's going to, that says, how the hell are you going to do that? <laughs> right? That seems impossible. Just put, push it aside, push it aside because you, you can't get somewhere where if you don't know where you, where you're going. Right. So that's the next thing I think. Um, and um, take care of yourself, get some good sleep and some rest. Right. Um, and, and, and just kind of, kind of go from, go from there. I mean, get, you have to decide what kind of help it is that, that you need, or if you need, right. That's another thing. We're terrible at asking for help because we feel like if we need help, then we're deficient somehow. Right. But that's just not the case. <laughs> it's more like it, it, you know, the way that I'm trying to reframe that whole idea of help in my mind is more like guides. Like, you know, like you, you know, you have a superhero inside you, right? And you have these like superpowers, but you don't really know how to use them. And every superhero, like Batman had his mentor, you know, that like taught him how to do stuff that like made him into a superhero. So I think of like, you know, who's going to be the guide that's going to help me unleash you know, this vision of myself that I know is somewhere deep inside but I need to kind of work it out. Like, right. Like if you think of wonder woman, like, you know, she had to, she had to learn how to fight and like do stuff and what, you know, yeah, she was super strong and like super powerful with a superpower, but she still needed training. Sure. Right. So, so I kind of reframe it from the perspective who can guide me, who can be my trainee, who can be my mentor. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if you go through that visioning exercise, it will become clear if you can find a moment of quiet to sit with it it will become clear to you as to what, what part of it you need to learn more about. Yeah. 
right? Do you, is it nutrition? Is it connection? Is it sleep? Is it your own hormone balance? Is it, you know, something academic with your kids? Do you need more research? Do you need just some practical steps? So it'll, it'll be, it'll become clear to you. Hopefully it'll become clear to you. Um, what kind of guide you need. And, and here's another caution. You don't need all the guides all at once. Yeah. Right. <laughs> don't overwhelm the cup even more by trying exactly. to, you know, 15 things at once, right? Like yeah. picking what is, you know, what is the one thing that if I addressed it right now would make everything else so much easier. Yeah. Yeah. And what's the lowest, lowest hanging fruit, right? What is the easiest thing to tackle first? It's going to yes. be different for different people. Exactly. Okay. So we kind of have a few like tips and ideas of, you know, what parents can be kind of focusing in on. And so let's talk about, you know, we, we talked about stress and we're talking about building resilience and building, you know, I guess, again, a buffer zone, right? Increasing the buffer zone in children. So how do we, how do we make them more stress tolerant? How do we make yeah. kids more resilient? Yeah. I mean, that's what I, that's exactly the language that I use is improving their window of tolerance, right? Improving their, their capacity. Um, how do we do it? Well, it's a combination of reducing their stressors, identifying and reducing their stressors and nourishing their nervous system, which you, you, you called out right at the start. Um, that's kind of the basic framework, <laughs> right? Find and reduce their stressors and nourish their, their nervous system. Okay. Question. Because I'm trying to, you know, I try to think of, you know, my daughter's going to be five in a couple, like two weeks. How do you, add, like, how do you as a parent figure out what is a stressor for like a three, four, five-year-old, right? Because they, I, like, I would think that they would have a hard time articulating specifically what it is they need or what's bothering them and stressing them. Um, you know, how do, how does a parent try to like figure out those stressors, especially in younger children? Is there like, is there anything? Yeah. I mean, so like I said, like I, I focus on the biological stressors, right? What's yes. going on inside their body. And, um, there's amazing work going on in terms of like, um, uh, oh gosh, mindfulness or, um, what's the word I'm thinking of <sighs> growth mindset stuff, yes. helping yes. kids articulate their feelings, that amazing stuff. I focus on the biological pieces, yeah. which is what's going on inside their body. And, and again, regardless of where they are in, on that spectrum, in terms of their cup being full, I look at three areas, three core areas, Okay, our nutrients coming in, right. Are the building blocks for the nervous system coming in? Are they coming in and are they being absorbed? Like that's the kind of secondary piece. And, uh, the second one is, is, is there stress and irritation that we can control that's causing things that are causing inflammation in the body? Is that, that could be food, that could be mold in the environment. It could be, um, uh, like lack of sleep even is going to cause some inflammation. So that's the, that's the second thing is there stress and inflammation that stress is causing inflammation. Um, and the third one is what's going on in the gut that the whole, you know, gut brain connection has just exploded onto the scene. Um, 
you know, it's been, we've known that there's a connection between the gut and the brain for decades, but it's only just kind of coming into its own and hitting, hitting kind of more mainstream audience that, you know, our, our gut has its own nervous system. Uh, inflammation often starts in the digestive tract and then spreads throughout the, throughout the body. Um, our hormones and our neurotransmitters are being made there and they are little chemical messengers that impact how we feel and how we function. So the third core area is to look at what's, what's happening in the, in the digestive system and really optimize that. Amazing. So that's what I look at. Okay. Um, what, you know, you've been sort of working in this field, like what do kids really need it? What do they really need? It's pretty simple what they need. It's just hard to get it to them, <laughs> right? They need, they need nourishment. They need clean water and clean air. They need sleep. They need connection with caring people. They need outdoor play and time and space. That pretty much covers it. I mean, that's what they need. They need to move their bodies. So it's, it's not it's not complicated what they need, but getting, allowing for the space for that to happen is getting more complicated. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us about the resiliency roadmap? Yeah. I mean, I, I, like I say, like I work with really busy, overwhelmed, frustrated parents. <laughs> and so, and I, I can be that parent myself too. Right. And so I've really tried hard over the last 10, 12 years to distill the need to knows and distill the process to go through um, and, and help parents really focus in on what, on what matters and how to create strong bodies for their kids. Um, and that's what we walk through and, and it, it took the form, it, it, it became the, in the form of the resilience roadmap. Um, and I call it a roadmap because it's not, it's not a begin it doesn't have a beginning and an end it's it's a it's a roadmap but there's all kinds of different roads to take within it what we what we're starting at where we're starting is confused and overwhelmed and frustrated and where we're going is understanding our kids being strategic rather than just trying this and that um, understanding their bodies getting them what they need um, so that, that's what the roadmap does. And, and we basically, we walk through those, those three areas that I just listed off. We make sure the nutrients are coming in. We reduce the stress and irritation. We, um, make sure the gut is healthy and, and we work on, on that. And, you know, I have various medical partners and various, you know, experts come in to do these master classes as well. Like I mentioned, we had someone talk about somatic experiencing and someone talk about essential oils and someone's coming to talk about toxins and just basically, you know, filling your toolbox with tools so that you can stay focused on, on raising a healthy family. What we're really talking about here, you know, is kind of building up health literacy as well, right? The, you know, learning and understanding the workings of the body and how we can utilize these different lifestyle factors um, to optimize our health, right? And, and I think that's, again, the challenge piece is, you know, kind of the health classes, like I can't, I can't tell you that I recall 
any information related to health, you know, other than like in phys ed, you, you know, it's like the only message that I can honestly remember about health is like, go outside, right? Participation. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like go outside for 30 minutes a day. That's like the the badge. Yeah. Like that was like the one and only thing that I can recall ever kind of learning about, you know, health and wellness. And yeah, I think that's a big piece in this picture, not just for the raising resilient children, but like being a resilient parent too. Well, and, and, and also, you know, I I talk a lot about, you know, creating a culture of health in your family, if that's what you want, if you want to have a healthy kid, they need a healthy context. Right. And, and so it's not really something we can outsource. Like, I'm so thankful that, you know, my 13 year old is learning about sex ed in school. Like I'm thankful that he's going to get the basics, <laughs> right. But I can't leave it up to his teachers to help him get inspired about healthy living mm-hmm. context for that. He needs to, to come home and be, you know, ha- have a healthy family, um, which I mean, there's a whole lot to unpack there in terms of, you know, family dynamics and um, a family's capacity to model health. There's, there's a lot of sub subtext and sub layers in that, um, that I'm aware of, but I just, um, this is one of the reasons why it's becoming harder to raise healthy kids because we don't necessarily know how to create healthy context in our own families unless we stop and like really think about it and, and construct it and design it and reorganize it. And yeah, I mean, it is one of the things, you know, my child's young, but you know, every once in a while it's like, Hey, do you want to come like, you know, help me with the vegetables and, and the cooking, you know, and sort of instinctually, I just know like her watching us prepare food, you know, that we're around the table as food is being, you know, prepared. Um, you know, she sees me and my husband, you know, doing our exercise. We actually have our own gym in the living room. So, um, you know, she'll see, you know, mommy and daddy doing martial arts. And so she, you know, she's not quite interested in it just yet. You know, it's like, Oh, do you want to come? And it's always, no, mommy, no, mommy, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And then like, just like the other day, she like wanted to try, so, like she sees some of our jujitsu moves and then like crawls on my husband to like try something. She doesn't know what she's doing, but like she's she's starting to see some interest because she's just observing it in us, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's amazing that they, it, things, they're little sponges. They, they pick up on everything like real and energetic and, you know, what they see, what they feel, what they hear, all of that stuff percolates into their little sponginess and uh, it turns into something, right? For sure. I want to kind of talk a little bit about, you know, community and what, what you see the impacts of community in the work that you do. Like, how does that help yeah, I think it comes back to to something you said before about mentorship, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, it really, I know it sounds cliche, but it does take a village. Like it really does. And it, it finding people who think the same way or similar, we or have a similar vision to you and want to pursue that vision in a similar way 
is, is really, really helpful because it's, it's hard. I mean, it's so hard to, we're under a lot of pressure, right. And, and there's pushback and there's picky eating and there's things are expensive and you know, it's, it's not easy uh, to raise a family. And, um, we are more isolated now than we have ever been in terms of, you know, support from extended family. Um, and even, and there's so much more, I think there's more tension between extended families as well, because we might want to do things a little bit differently than our parents or our grandparents Mm -hmm. wanted to do. Right. And that's because we've entered in this new era of parenting, right? (laughs) It's like, no, I want to do it this way, especially when it comes to like healthy kind of natural, natural living. Um, so I think community is just really key. It's, it's really important. I stopped doing one-on-one sessions because, and now I do stuff in, in a group context. I do a hybrid, actually. I do a combination of one-on-one and group because sometimes you do need that sort of private confidential kind of dive a little deeper and go deeper, but, but the group, I mean, when you can, when you can connect with a group of people who are having similar struggles, as you are, and you know, maybe somebody's farther ahead on the journey than you are, and they're like, "Yep, this was me three weeks ago. Stick with it. It's this, you know, this is what happened to us." It can be really inspiring, um, and can yeah. help us work through the challenges. Like when, you know, I try to think of like, like I have a mastermind of women in business, clinic owners, right? And like when things got really hard, like we really had to lean on each other. And I'm so grateful that I had this community of women who are clinic owners who are going through and having similar but different challenges that we could just simply get together and even just say that this is really hard. Like I'm really struggling this week. I can't seem to figure this out and I don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, and they, and everybody's there to like support you, even if they can't provide you the ultimate solution they're there to hold the space for the emotion to move through so that you can basically like the pond water settles the mud at the bottom. So you can see clearly, like they're just sort of there, like holding your hand while the mud is settling and you feel like I can't say anything. Um, yes. Right. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And then that's, that's so beautifully put because, you know, sometimes we'll, we'll reach out to a professional for an answer right? And it's like, well, I don't necessarily have the answer, but I can hold the space for you. And the answer will come, it will come. And that's so so beautifully spoken about, you know, that's what community does, it holds space for you. Yeah. Uh, And I imagine, you know, like, hearing from others that like, we've been there too, or I've experienced that, because, you know, the thoughts creep into the mind, right? You know, that you begin to think, well, there must be something wrong with me or I must be doing something wrong when really it may just be like par for the course. You know what I mean? Like certain changes, you know, there's going to be a little dicey area as the body's making the change and like that it's okay. Right. Yeah. Here are things that might help that transition move a little bit easier, but like, you're still going to need to move through the mucky water to get to the clear water. Right. And just knowing that like, oh, this is part of the course, it takes away the fear and anxiety of like, oh my God, like, why am I not responding like this or that or whatever our expectations are? 
Yeah. I think, you know, we don't, as, as a species, we don't like things being hard. We, we, <laughs> we run away from hard. And the only reason to do that, we will do something hard is if we can see where it's getting us Yeah, and see the light at the end of the tunnel, or we can see. And, um, that's why case studies are so helpful. And that's why, you know, talking with other people who've been through it are so helpful because you're like, this really sucks right now. And every fiber in my being is telling me to go back, go back, go, th- go back three spaces, you know, <laughs> like yeah. just go back. Um, but then I have this vision of what I actually want. It's another reason I tell people to write out their vision because you are going to be pulled back unless you have your vision, unless you have community pulling you forward. Um, you're, and again, it's your, it's a natural nervous system response to go yes. back to status quo. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so, the breakthrough yeah. is scary, right? So if you can have a community backing you up that breakthrough and not to say that it's going to be easier, it just doesn't feel so lonely and hard if you have people kind of with you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it, and it, yeah. Okay. So you, you sort of mentioned a resiliency roadmap. You mentioned, you know, a group group setting that you run for your program. Like, you know, what does working with you look like? Like what, how do, what can parents expect from kind of taking a step like this to helping to raise resilient children, trying to get those pillars addressed? Like what, what does, what does it look like? Well, it requires that you, that you get curious, right? It, I don't, I don't diagnose, I don't treat, I just get curious with you and explore those three pillars. That's what we do. I mean, we, we, we bring you in and we, and we, and we do the best we can at like giving you a blanket of support. We've got an, in, in our, in our group. I mean, we have to do it all virtually. I wish I could go hug each person, but I can't. (laughs) Um, so we do our virtual blanket of support. Um, so yeah, we walk through, we decide if there's, if there's tests that can be helpful. We decide if there's other medical partners that we need to bring on board with really complicated cases. Um, and we investigate whether the building blocks are coming in, what's causing extra stress and irritation and filling the glass and how's the gut doing? Are there infections in the gut? Is the child super constipated? Like, can we get the bowels moving better? Are they bloated and have tummy pain all the time? Are they not digesting their food? And we, we unravel the, we run, unravel the onion. You know, we, we look for the layers until we, um, until we find the healthiest version of your child that we can. Amazing. And, and so this is then done like in a group setting in the sense of like, is there an educational piece? Like, is there like a learning part and then like a discussion part or what, what does that like actually look like? Yeah. Yeah. We have a combination of, of private sessions and group, um, a group, a group, Facebook group. We do office hours every week. We come together virtually and, and clear up your questions and make sure you have a, a, a next step you make sure you have your feet on the ground and you're not spinning your wheels. And we have a virtual classroom, which you can go into. That's where we store all of our 
recipes and our handouts and audio recordings and video recordings. And um, that's the information, right? And this is what I learned early on. It's like information is very different from implement, implementing that information, two very different things. And I'm always, I'm always on my clients about like, you don't gather more information unless you can do something with it. Because mm. that's, that's overwhelm. That's the definition of overwhelm right there, right? It's like, got all this information, but I just don't know what to do. And then you're spinning your wheels like, oh, I don't know, I'll try fish oil. I don't know, I heard that zinc helps. And you're, and that's overwhelm, right? So um, the information is in the classroom. So you can go back to it over and over and listen to it. It's, you know, short snippets. And then we implement together in, in our in our group context, and then, you know, one-on-one as well, if we need to. So it really depends on how much support people need, because sometimes people just need the information and they're just like, cool, good. I'm good. I'm going to just do it. And they implement on their own and they're fine. They don't need all that handholding and all that support. So that's great. But then some people really need the, you know, they've got questions all the time and I don't know, should I do this or that or what? So different levels for different, different people. For sure. And and that's just to say that we are all uniquely human, right? Some of us like don't need very much information and we're not very risk adverse. And we're like, well, let's just give it like, you know, you got your really gung ho people that just like you look at them and you're like, how are you so confident? Like, how are you just doing it? Like, I need I need to know everything before I make a final decision. Um, and so it's wonderful to, to see like that variety of how people learn and how people actually do things. Um, But I think the implementation piece, regardless of, you know, are you a quick implementer or not? You know, I think there's always something to be learned, like, how can I best make this work and fit? And, you know, because that's, that's going to ensure the like long, long long-term staying on the long-term journey of health. Yeah. And this is, and I'm very clear with people, like this is not a point A to point B thing because this is parenting, right? This is a cyclical process. And so, I mean, I've gone through so many iterations of this roadmap because I learn about people every time I, people go through it. I'm like, oh, okay. You're that kind of person. Okay. And I need, and then I, and then I tweak the program because I'm like, okay, you know, for example, I used to drip it out weekly, be like, okay, learn about this and go do this, learn about this, go do this. And then I, then I learned like, oh, some people just want to see the whole picture. They want to binge it all, yes. right? Learn the whole picture and then go back and start implementing things. Like, okay, cool. I'm not going to drip it anymore. I'm going to give you the whole thing. And, um, and, but then the people who were the, the, I need to learn one thing and do one thing, they got overwhelmed, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I, so I, you know, I tweak things again. So yeah, you do need to sort of get a sense of, um, you know, how you learn best and what you, what, what you need. Um, and I think I've got a good setup now to, to deal with all of those things. But I would, I would just throw that out as a piece of advice for now that everything is going virtual and there's all kinds of online programs coming at you left, right, and center, you do need to sort of think about what kind of learner, learner am I and what's going to work best for me. Um, but I am saying that over and over and over to people, like don't take in any more information unless you're already, you know, maxed out with the strategies that you have. Yeah. Right. You don't need another layer yet. 
do these things. They're foundational. Okay. Now do these things. They're the next level. Like, no, no, don't jump ahead. <laughs> Come back Do these things. Yeah. Well, it, it, because it takes time and you know, when you're busy, you're just like, can I just get to that part right now? And you know, yeah. there's, it, it, you know, I, I think we've kind of, and this just might be a, like a reflection of our like current kind of medical model thinking, like the framework where we think of medicine. Like I have this one problem, I'm going to do this one thing for this problem and now like resolved. Right. Whereas what we're talking about is like health over time. Yeah, we and are, you know, having said that though, there are some, like, there are pressure valves. Like sometimes you need pressure yeah. valves, right? Yes. Because, because an overwhelmed, frustrated, anxious parent whose kid is really super struggling. They don't have a lot of time yeah. to like, you know, do implement the, like yeah. long-term healing, right. They need something now. Um, and that's where I use nutritional supplements. They're amazing for that, for just like, just get them, get them in there and just like stop the bleed <laughs> almost, yeah. you know, yeah. so yeah, that yeah. you can look deeper. You can look at the other levels. Amino acids are amazing for that. Some of the supplements are great for that. So that's often where we start or getting them pooping. That's another game changer. If you have a complicated I, kid. I tell you people underestimate the power of a, of a good poo. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I talk, I talk about poo all the time. So this yeah. is like, no, this, it's this true. Like, I mean, I told you, so there's three things your child needs to be eating, sleeping, and pooping. And if they're not doing those three things, stop learning about all the fancy therapies and things like that. They need to be eating, sleeping, and pooping for their body to function. Yep. And so like, let's just focus right there for as long as it takes to get them eating, sleeping, and pooping. Yep. Yep. To, to simplify it down to three very core things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where, um, where can people find out more? Uh, where can people find you, follow you, see, see what you're up to, see what you're talking about? Where are the best places? The best, well, the home base is my website. That's justsherman.com. And that's where my blog is and that's all the stuff there. Um, I have a Facebook group as well called the Raising Resilience Community. So people can, can find that from the website, but they can also go to raisingresiliencecommunity.com. And they can, that'll take you right to the Facebook group. Um, that's probably the best place. I, I am on Instagram, kind of. <laughs> I'm, I'm on and off Instagram. Well, well it I, sounds like you're more on Facebook um, because that makes sense for community. Instagram is kind of more open, right? They don't have groups and things of that nature. So it makes sense. Well, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah, come, to, come into the Facebook group. and But you'll find all the links at justherman.com. Amazing. And of course, like we'll be posting those links in the show notes to make everybody's life easy. Don't have to worry about spelling and all that stuff. You just can click the link and, uh, you know, just like magic, poof, you're there. Um, Yeah. Click the links. And I've got some new programs coming out to you that are um, particularly one called common clear kids, which is really an introduction. So it's like for parents who are like, this sounds kind of cool, but I'm not quite sure yet how this works. Not really ready to dive in but want to dip your toe in, uh, we're just starting that one now. So that'll be up and running. Amazing. And I'm I'm sure the details of that are on your website. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. Um, just thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to talk about this. Cause I, you know, I think more than ever, you know, how can we help our kids 
be more resilient because like these are just crazy times, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, and with kids being home more often than not, uh, you know, these, these are good opportunities to maybe bring in a couple of new things, right? Yeah. New health yeah. things, spending time together, you know, really looking at a family, like what is really, I, I think it, more than anything, this pandemic is certainly, you know, hopefully getting people to ask the question, like what's really important for my life. Yeah. And starting to work on building that vision. We're so busy that we don't even know where we're going. Yeah. So I appreciate that because that made me think about that too. It's like, I have this vision for my business and I have a vision for, you know, where my clients are going to go. And it's like, well, what, what's my vision? What, what's my family's vision? So I think that just, if anything was like, oh, that's a really good point. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's true. I think we do kind of need to take a breath and a pause and just, you know, kind of rethink a little bit, which is really hard. I, I get it's like so much easier said than done, but you know, that's your nervous system pulling you back into status quo. Yeah. Right. When you're like, I don't have time. I just, I just can't think that way. Or you're start, if you're hearing me talk and you're like, I'm just getting angry because I just don't have that time. Um, that's your nervous system talking to you. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very logical response to the concept of change or the proposition of change for your sure. body going. <gasps> <gasps> yeah. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. And I can assure you on the other side of that, like arousal is oftentimes the answers that we're looking for. Right. It's yeah. Yeah. It's the whole, like I'm going up the roller coaster and like yeah. the whole anticipation is like, Oh my God, what's going to happen? Like, uh, okay. I, I now have this like fear of heights. And so roller coasters like are a big thing for me, <laughs> but I can imagine, like I imagine change as that roller coaster and going up my, my anxiety, you know, the stress response, my nervous system is ramped up mm-hmm. and it's like it. And then you hit this peak. And as soon as if you could just, and this has happened to me in meditation too, where I'm like trying to relax and I'm actually getting more stressed. Mm-hmm. And then I reach this pinnacle and then all of a sudden I, I, I decide to stick with it. I'm like, just spend a little extra time breathing and it comes down so fast. Just like that roller coaster, your nervous system can, can respond really that quickly, but we're just never taught how to deal with those sensations mm-hmm. and, and that they're okay. And like, we can stay with them. And like, if you just give it an extra second, you know, it's going to, it's going to pass. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, very hard to give it you know, that extra second right by yourself too. That's where the community comes in, right? I know, right? Okay, you're okay, you're okay. Yeah, we got you. You got this. You got this. You got this. You know, we need, we need, we need life cheerleaders. Yeah, to to make it through. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again. Thank you to our listeners who are following our podcast. If you want to stay up to date uh, with the latest and greatest, obviously like subscribe. So this way you get everybody's cool interviews coming in to wherever you're getting those podcasts on a weekly basis. Um, And make sure you share this out. Do you know, do you know people with, with kids that could learn a little bit? then, you know, share it out because you never know who might, whose cup is about to boil over. So share it out because they, it might just spark a little something and you're helping somebody without even knowing it.
So anyways, on that note, wish you goodbye and see you guys. Well, not see you, but connect with you on the next podcast. Thank you for listening to Living a Better Life podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our show to stay up to date with our latest and greatest episodes. We would also love to hear your comments, suggestions, and reviews. Thanks again. Until the next episode. Bye for now.